I hope what students can talk about is they felt that they were in a school that nurtured them, that supported them, and even when they experienced adversity, found ways to help them through that, that challenge or that hurdle. now joined by Wilmington Friends Head of School, Ken Aldridge. Ken, how are you? I'm doing well, Jake, and you? I am hanging in there. Um, the goal of this specific episode is to help prospective families begin to understand the Quaker education and potentially how it is different from an education at another school. I guess I first want to just dive in and ask you, what is your experience with Quaker education? Sure. When were you first introduced yeah good question so I think you know I grew up in Cleveland Ohio knew nothing about Quakerism or Quaker schools my first job was at a Quaker school George school uh, it's a boarding day school Bucks County Pennsylvania up near Oxford Valley I, I tell people who tend not to know where it is it's near Sesame Place and they, they sort of get a sense of where it is yeah it's a high school only and I started there teaching high school chemistry, physics, a science and ethics course, dorm parent, and coach. That was a while back. I taught there and then uh, left there to teach at a, at a day school, Germantown Friends. Was there for a while before I came here to Friends. My wife Cassandra taught at Morristown Friends and then later at Penn Charter. So the two of us, five different schools. So, you know, the introduction to Quaker education was purely by happenstance and needing to find a job. You know, I was a high school guy and, and I was a chemistry major. And so needing, you know, teaching uh, high school chemistry. And initially I didn't get it, right? It's sort of, what is this meeting for worship? What is consensus? Although we don't quite you, we, we say consensus, but it's more sort of a sense of meeting. You know, those things I really didn't understand. And then, you know, all of the Quaker schools talk about, from a spiritual perspective, that of God and everyone. And then, you know, what I will tell families, you know, there's the secular perspective, seeing the good in everyone. And that's the core of who we are. And we don't stray from that. To me, that's an incredibly powerful way of just thinking about how you engage a school community, how you engage students. And so when I first started, it was pretty foreign for me, and it took a while for me to, to sort of get it. What might you tell a family that is potentially interested in joining Wilmington Friends, but sort of much like you when you were coming out of college and not knowing maybe much yeah. about like what Quakerism is, what might you begin to sort of tell that family? Yeah, I would, one of the things that you learn is you need to have conversations with people. You need to be able to engage in dialogue. So what I say to families when they're here uh, for open houses or when they're walking around the building, talk to our faculty talk to our students, talk to our parents. That's how you're going to get to know more about who we are as a school. And even then, I think that scratches the surface. I'm recalling a conversation 
early on in my time at Friends, we were doing a, a chat with some current parents, and one family said that coming to Friends was transformational for her family, and they didn't even realize as a family how much they needed Friends until they were here. And so just having a conversation, getting involved, getting engaged, asking about how we teach, asking about student agency. I mean, that to me is really important about who we are, and it's across all three divisions here at the school. And it's not student agency or student voice just for the sake of student agency or student voice. But this is a way to hear from students and how they engage in their learning at school. It happens with our littlest ones. It happens in our, in our middle school. It happens in our upper school. Uh, it is a significant component of who we are as a school. It's a significant component uh, of Quaker education. You may know we just went through a search for an assistant head of school for academics. Every single one of those candidates who came to campus, they were interviewed by students, and they were interviewed by students in all three divisions. You know, some people may say, oh, well, you know, you just interview candidates with upper school students. But no, lower school students, middle school students, and upper school students all had input uh, in, that, in that process. To me, that's, that's different and unique and really speaks to, to who we are uh, as a school. And of course, no Quaker school can talk about who they are and not you know, refer to that acronym, uh, the spices, simplicity, peace, integrity, community, equality, and stewardship. And you know, I should say this, uh, there's more to Quakerism than those six testimonies or those six practices. But they are the six that are lifted up quite often in Quaker schools. And you can tend to think of them as individual aspects or individual ways of being. But in reality, they are interrelated to one another. And I think you know, Jake, we have this practice of lifting, them, lifting one up on any given year. Uh, but in reality, they are interrelated with one another. You're a good podcast host or guest, I guess I should say, because like my next question wanted to touch on those specific testimonies. Yeah. I guess, how does a student go about learning those specific values throughout their time yeah. at Friends, like right. whether it be in the classroom, whether right. it be on the athletic fields? Right. So that's a good question. So this comes actually back to that other question you asked me about sort of families. You know, we, we have this book faith and practice that talks about who we are, but there's no document, I mean, yeah. you know this, <laughs> there's no document that says, here's how you live the spices, right? There's no book that says, these are the top five things around community, or these are the top five things uh, around equality. So I think students come to know spices through the curriculum. And there's both the, you know, sort of what they experience day in and day out uh, in the classroom. There's also what they experience in meeting for worship, also what they may experience in all divisional gatherings. And so again, I mean, the faculty are being intentional in what they're presenting to, to students on that, but it, there is no dogma. You know there's no communication that I send out to our faculty and staff around this. 
And you know, the fact that we are coming up on our 275th anniversary, and yet who we are and what we do has endured for so long, to me is incredibly powerful. What is meeting for worship and <laughs> how does it help students? Yeah. So it, um, at its core, meeting for worship is a purposeful gathering in silence at its core. Now it can take on different forms. Uh, they might have queries, they might have a specific program, uh, you know, in some of the divisions there's, there's singing meeting for worship. But what meeting for worship is designed to do is a moment for gathered silence and personal reflection. Who are you as an individual? How do you see yourself connected to others? What do you see about yourself in relationship to community? It's all we do. And if you're in any one of the divisions, you hear children talk about those questions that I just posed in their own developmentally appropriate ways. You know, it is a way of centering. It is a way of being quiet. You know, um, and I'm happy to talk about silence because there's silence in meeting for worship and there's silence outside of meeting for worship and those can be very different. But one of the things that I'm always struck by when I, when I talk to alums is how much, one, they complained about meeting for worship when they were students and how much they miss meeting for worship as adults. You know, very few people in our school are practicing Quakers. And so the opportunity to just be gathered with other people in, in silence can be incredibly powerful. A couple Before COVID, we were doing an alumni visit in Atlanta. And this, is, this has happened in other, other gatherings, but we were having just sort of a check-in with our hosts, and I was giving some remarks, and then all of a sudden, uh, a couple of alums said, can we do a meeting for worship right now? And so there we were in a circle in this kitchen for about, I guess, maybe five or 10 minutes doing a meeting for worship. And you know that's the one thing I hear uh, from our alums uh, about what they most appreciate about their experience here at Friends and what they miss. This spring, we gathered uh, for an all-school meeting for worship, yeah. and for me, it was just like very powerful. Yeah. Um, you had preschoolers to yeah. seniors, faculty, staff. Yeah. How did those moments uh, help those in attendance think about their connections with everyone in the Wilmington Friends community? So I'm probably going to do something you don't want guests to do, but can I turn the question back on you for a moment? Just... You described it as powerful. So someone who's new to the community, I'm curious to hear what about that was powerful for you. Um, I think for me in being able to reflect on that day, for me it was powerful to see preschoolers walk in right. and then also the 12th graders walk in and right. think those preschoolers one day are going to be those 12th graders right. leading the school. Yeah. Like, right. like that sort of was powerful right. uh, when I reflect on that and then being able to see faculty staff members who 
all believe in this place and educating right. young people that are going to do good in the world. Right. I think just all of that right. together made me really reflect yeah. and, and just think about how special that particular time was. Yeah. Right. So, so I think, you know, you touched on that. And I'm glad I'm glad to hear your perspective on that. So here's something that is a weekly experience for our students. At best, they get to stay experience a divisional meaningful worship. But as you talked about, like the power of seeing the entire school community gathered in this shared experience, not just within a grade level or advisory groups, but the entire school um, gathered together uh, is, for me, was just, to use your word, just incredibly powerful. And to see this continuum of who we are. I think the moments that we can get together preschool through 12th grade uh, and appreciate and celebrate and lift up who we are as a community, uh, we should try to do those as, as often as we can. And again, it's this understanding of, you know, we didn't do that just for the sake of doing it. We did it because it was rooted in who we are as a school and as part of our practice and we wanted to do it as an entire school. When did you become so comfortable with science? I vividly remember, like, as a new staff member last summer slash fall, uh, we were in the library, we were in introducing ourselves, right. and then you did make a comment that, like, you're very comfortable with silence. Right. Um, and so I just wanted to know, just a bit, like, this is a very just personal question. Sure, like, no, no, no. I hear well, when did you become comfortable uh, in silence? It, it took a while. You, I mean, now, there's this difference between sort of silence when we're engaged in dialogue or engaged in conversation or silence as it relates to meeting. So which which part are you? I would say more in terms of conversation. Conversation, Because, because yeah. silence and meeting, as we've discussed right. sort of in this conversation, okay, right. that makes sense. But right. from a silence and, con and conversation, because I feel <laughs> like it's very easy to like sense the dead air and right. sort of freak out and then you start oversharing <laughs> or whatever, right, right, right? So yeah. Right. I think it actually came through teaching. In, in Quaker school and that when I taught high school chemistry physics and later environmental science just this notion of not how can I best describe it not rushing to an answer or not rushing to, to explain a concept is providing the space for students to work through something that might be a little complicated it would be very easy to call on the student who had their hand up right away. And uh, what about the student who's sort of over in the corner, working this out, trying to, trying to figure it out? And they may not have the right answer, quote unquote, right? But they may have the right way of thinking about it, and they've made an error um, in, the, in their thinking. And so it was through classroom experience, Jake, and teaching that I became very comfortable with that kind of silence. But again, that's sort of large group silence. And then, I don't know, over time you just become accustomed to dealing with it. You know, I say to candidates who are coming to visit and they're interviewing, look, at some point you're gonna, you're gonna pose a question or you're gonna say something and everyone around you is gonna become totally silent. And you're going to think, oh my gosh, I just wrecked the interview. Like, I just, I just lost this opportunity. 
and it's our, our reflective practice on silence. And I, you know, some of my closest friends have been introverts, and so you know, being very comfortable with sort of just being being with them, and they're not saying anything, that was fine for me. I am reminded that when I am outside of the Quaker sphere, the Quaker school sphere, if I'm at a gathering with other heads, that I thought my default is the silence. And sometimes I'm actually chairing a conversation and I have to remember, like, I'm not in the Quaker school sphere. And so sometimes I will say to people, look, folks, I am incredibly comfortable with silence. I'm incredibly comfortable with something that may be viewed as the awkward silence. So you can't outweigh me. <laughs> but <laughs> if, if you're uncomfortable, let me know. And I'm appreciative of that interaction for a, a couple of reasons. One is it is a reminder of how special it is, the things that we do here at school. And two, not many people get to experience that. Um, and I wish more people could experience it. But it's also for me a reminder, you know, sort of you don't, you don't have to rush through everything. It also doesn't mean everything has to work at a glacial pace, if that makes sense, right? But it's okay to take a moment to appreciate a question, to appreciate a statement, to appreciate a perspective. It's okay to take a moment for someone who's not sure they have something to contribute to work through whatever angst they may have or just sort of work through to make sure they have that cogent argument and then they can share that with others to hear. As a head of school, you are forced to make a lot of challenging decisions just throughout the day-to-day, year-to-year. How does sort of your Quaker ethos like help in those uh, decisions yeah so I mean that's this gets back to that sense of the meeting and, and Quaker consensus there are times you uh, you know in this role I make executive decisions but the heart of who we are it is about how do you get input from others sometimes uh, people are consulted on things uh, sometimes you are really seeking helpful feedback and input part of it Jake is a recognition that I may have quite a bit of information on something but I may not have all of the information and so getting additional input on something is incredibly valuable uh, also that dialogue about how might this decision move us forward? How might the decision be a good decision for an individual person? How might the decision be best for uh, a group of people? Ultimately, how might a decision be best for the institution? You really do need, I need input from others and, 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 and you know, all the things that I do here at the school. What do you enjoy most about your work as the head of school? <laughs> there are so many uh, different little things. I think what I enjoy most and that all school meeting for worship, seeing this entire community um, together to see the joy in students' faces, 
and not only how they interact with one another, but how they interact with students. You know, I'm one of the few people at the school that gets to see it across all three, all three divisions. What I enjoy most too is knowing that this is not a school that rests on its laurels. You know, there's this Quaker perspective of continuing revelation. And it's not questioning improvement for the sake of improvement, but it is questioning what are the things we do well and what are the things that we can do better so that overall we are a stronger uh, institution. And so, you know, that brings me a lot of personal joy to know that there are people here who are very committed uh, to moving the school forward, very committed to educating children um, and, and thinking about best practices. And I would say doing so in developmentally appropriate ways uh, and being able to have a conversation with someone in lower school and thinking about how they want to approach something with a student and then having a conversation with someone else either in middle and upper school who's thinking about the same question but because the, the age is different, they how they're framing the question might be a little different. I think we can uh, can transition to our Mad Minute segment, which is actually okay. a bit lighter. Um, okay. and, you don't know, and you don't know these questions. Okay. So, um, although through some social media stuff, I feel like I, I know some of the answers. Okay. But uh, what's your favorite food? Ah, pizza. <laughs> favorite movie? Oh, I go back and forth in this one. Um, right now, if, if you had to pin me down, it'd be Usual Suspects. Favorite spot on the Wilmington Friends School campus? Oh, the pond over by the lower school. Yeah. Favorite sports team? Uh, which, now we got to clarify here. Collegiate, professional. We, 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 we will go, let's go with the collegiate ranks first. Collegiate ranks, uh, Ohio State football. Ohio State yeah, football, yeah. okay. <laughs> and then we'll go at the professional ranks, and I'm not going to, and I'm not going <laughs> to specify the sport there either. Cleveland Browns. Okay. Um, what are you most proud of? Wow, that's um, that's one I hadn't anticipated. I'm really proud of my family, um, and sort of watching my children. Now oh, you got me emotional, Jake. Um, watching my children launch and becoming uh, well, they you know they're young adults, but becoming maturing adults. I'm really, really proud of that. Same two questions, ring the bell segment to each guest. Okay. Um, what do you want your legacy to be? Or mm. another way to like frame this is students who are graduating Wilmington Friends School, like, what do you hope that they say about you? Yeah. To be honest, I hope they don't say much about me. <laughs> um, I, I hope they speak more about what they experienced here at the school. I hope they talk about their teachers and the interactions they've had with their teachers. I hope they talk about the interactions that they had with one another and the, the ways that they were able to uh, affirm and support and build community with one another. So ultimately, I hope what students can talk about is they felt that they were in a school that nurtured them, that supported them, and even when they experienced adversity, found ways to help them through that, that challenge or that hurdle. And then my last question for you is, what is your why? Hmm. 
So that's a good question. I remember years ago, uh, I was probably your age when someone sort of asked, like, "What's your purpose?" Or you should, you should, you should come up with something. I felt uh, that seems a little silly. So I've held on to it. And it was um, to be the best that I could be, and to to the ability I could to help others be the best that they could be. I appreciate you sharing everything from thoughts and beliefs. Quakers in the school and then also sharing <laughs> a bit of yourself. So sure. thank you so much. Thank you, Jake.